time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you guys today. I know this is a little bit earlier uh, than we typically go live, but uh, the son, the kiddo, we are sending him uh, to the grandparents for a little while. So I've got to take him to the airport here in a little bit. So I had to go a little early. Hopefully it doesn't mess up anybody's plans. Uh, Dave says, work is in the way of listening live again. Need a new job. Oh, man. Uh, you are the best, man. Appreciate all the hashtag CCs, the countdown crew, Big Papa. Appreciate you, man. He says he can't make it. Helping out a buddy. That's what's up. That's what's up. Now, we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. Um, we are going to continue with our best ever series um, where we go through two separate numbers. Numbers 9 and number 10. Uh, who's the best to wear those? We're going to start with number 9. We'll end the episode with number 10. Um, we're going to be talking OTAs, positional rotations. Again, I've been saying for a while, one of my favorite things to pay attention to is who's taking snaps where, what's the order, all that kind of stuff. I love that. What's up, Sap Soy? Appreciate you, man, coming in on Facebook. That's awesome. Dave, appreciate you guys. Oh, we got the president. What's up, Lee Gallant? I love it, man. Glad to see you guys. Joel. Yeah, it's 2.30 a.m. Joel is in Guam. So, uh, man, he is a beast. What's up, coach? Excited to be with you guys today. Now, I'm flying solo, so make sure you tag me in the chat if you got a question or something you want to jump into. Uh, we will make sure to highlight that. But um, let's start with number nine. You know, looking at the best players in 49ers history to wear the number nine. Now, I don't care what anybody did with another team wearing nine. That matters not here. Uh, you have no power here. Um, hashtag Lord of the Rings. Number nine. Uh, there's really, I think this is a two horse race. Um, there were two other players that kind of pulled up Jeff Kemp, uh, who was the NFC West quarterback forever. He, he came from the Rams was with us for one year in 1986, then went to Seattle for a long time. Uh, whenever he was here in 1986, went three, two and one. And you know, that was a good year for the Niners. Niners finished 10, five and one, but then they lost in the divisional round to the giants. And, uh, they lost 49 to three. Kemp went seven for 22, 64 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, and 22.2 QBR. Not good. Um, so, Jack Kemp, he doesn't really, but the reason why I want to do this and I keep, you know, spending so much time on these things is I just think it brings to life the past and the present and the future and just why these things like, there's not a lot of good number nines. And these single-digit numbers, even the early teens, it's quarterbacks, kickers, punters. So th that makes it difficult. But I want Jeff Kemp to be a part of our history, uh, given much more Rams in Seattle. But still, um, I, I, I want to know these things. Um, Barry Helton, just after Jack Kemp left in 1988, 1989, 1990, he was with us for three years. Uh, he was a punter. Brought us two Super Bowls. Hey, was it really electric? Didn't lead the NFL in really anything. No Pro Bowls, no All Pros, none of those things. But my I always want to find one stat 
that is beneficial or positive. Uh, once we get to number 10, I'm going to, I'm going to break that rule, but I, I try most of the time to find something good about these, these guys, because, you know, they contributed to greatness. That is the 49ers history. Barry Hilton had nine playoff punts inside the 20 yard line um, in eight games. I'm pretty dang good. Now pro football reference is, if you've never checked it out, please go do so. It is a football nerd safe haven. Um, and what they do is they measure is approximate value or appropriated value for what they bring to a team. And they literally just give you a number. So for example, Jeff Kemp got a six AV on pro football reference for the 49ers. Barry Hilton got a five. All right. Then we got our final two. And I want you guys to participate in this here. The final two are two great players. And I, I got not Phil Dawson in the chat. So I, I'm so pumped. Uh, we got Kim. What's up, Kim Sorson? Uh, which if his Twitter handle is not Phil Dawson. Whenever I first met Phil, I was like, dude, you look like Phil Dawson. <laughs> anyway, um, so Phil Dawson and Robbie Gold. So here's what I need before I jump into what they all accomplished. Who's the greatest 49er to wear nine? Is it Phil Dawson? Or is it Robbie Gold? I don't think Jeff Kemp or Helton really figure into the equation there. These were two great 49ers. Okay, so Phil Dawson or Robbie Gold, I need you to throw that in the chat. Let's see what you guys got. Uh, Coach Cruz already came out and said it's gold. Um, I think it's gold as well, but let's go through this. Dawson was the kicker for 2013 to 2015. Um, he did make one pro bowler, but it wasn't with the Niners, so that doesn't count. Seven playoff field goals made on seven attempts. He went six for six on extra points in the playoffs. Never missed. Never missed. Now, back to the pro football reference AV score, he got an 11, right? So Kemp got a six. Barry Helton got a five. Now let's go to Robbie Gold. Gold kicked for a lot longer, 2017 to 2022. One pro bowler. One All-Pro, but not with the Niners. Both of those, so that, again, doesn't matter. But listen to what he did in the playoffs. This is what's crazy. 21 for 21 on playoff field goals with the Niners. We're in a lot of playoff games since he's been here. 19 of 19 playoff extra points. I'm not discounting what happens in the regular season, but when you get to the playoffs, you turn it up a little bit higher. This one goes to 11, right? Like, it's it's just more. Now, the AV score, Phil Dawson had an 11, Robbie Gold, a 21. Um, and, yeah, yeah, looking at the chat, look, look at this. Nedney and Akers did uh, did all right. They did. Uh, they did all right. They, they weren't means, though, not for us. Um, we've got Robbie says sin, gold, 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 Robbie, gold. What's up, Kenneth? How you doing, man? We, we got some fun people in here. Hey, George, glad you're with us, man. I like that hat. I like that hat. Ishmael says gold. I'm saying gold slash Nedney. I I don't think Nedney, Joe Nedney wasn't, he didn't wear that number. Uh, he was six. Joe Nedney was six. Um, so, yeah, uh, he wore six from 05 to 10, and we already kind of did that number. But So, in my opinion, in your opinion, I think I agree with almost everybody here. The greatest to ever don the jersey, number nine, is Robbie Gold, baby. Good as gold. And, and I look back at Gold's time very positive. I know he wanted out not once, but twice. 49ers finally let him go. But a lot of that was <laughs> a lot of that was because of Mitch Wisnowski. Couldn't handle kickoffs. Robbie Gold's old as crap and small. So 
as long as you had Mitch Wisnowski, you can't do kickoffs. Robbie Gold got to play defense, you know, on special teams and kickoffs. It, maybe that'll change a little bit with this new rule. But regardless, you got a kicker talking trash to an all pro corner in Jalen Ramsey. You got him talking trash to the Packers as you send them home. He's awesome. Uh, very, very positive memories of this guy and he still hasn't landed a job anywhere Niners are out of the question for sure but still positive uh, nothing against Phil Dawson there but uh yeah it, it's it's what it is Terror says Robbie Gold as good as go low-key savage yeah kickers that talk trash man I'm with you yeah and so yeah this guy says yeah it's just numbers so we're just going through numbers so at the end of the show today for my notes we'll go through number 10 uh we'll get some Jimmy G talking and man you know, it's so funny because we went so long on this show without talking quarterbacks because it was just too much. I, I know social media and everything is just quarterback, 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 but there was no new information, so I didn't feel that it was valuable. Now here we are several episodes in a row talking Jimmy Garoppolo. Why do we keep bringing this cat up? Well, one is just, you know, the numerical value, whatever, number 10. But also, I think that it is a clear marker for 49ers quarterback play. What it was, what it is, what it should be. I love Jimmy G. I really, really do. But I don't think even the Jimmy G truth sayers would say like there were some major flaws in his game and some things that kind of held back the Niners. And if you are one of those people that's just like Jimmy G's the greatest thing ever, and I know those people exist. He's beautiful. I get it. Um, but man, you gotta look at his playoff performance stats whatever yikes uh, <laughs> about as bad as could be about as bad as could be now the new leader in the clubhouse quarterback brock purdy has started his throwing which is great and again you know we've had these important dates up at the bottom of the screen and right here purdy starts throwing first week of june guess what today is june 1st so he's a couple days ahead which is great news uh, you want to constantly see that. Now we got to see how he responds. Now, is Brock out there throwing footballs? No, he's not. I, I heard it was like Nerf balls or whatever else. And again, I, I constantly have been saying it is a slow progression to get to the place where he is throwing a football. The goal is to go all the way to the fourth week of August. Now, they keep saying we want him cleared by training camp. He's going to have to have a miraculous recovery by that time, and that's great. I hope it happens. I, I want Brock back. There is no world where the 49ers are a worse team with Brock Purdy playing, period. Brock's that damn good. Do I also want to see Trey Lance get a shot just to see? Yes. Yes, I do. But does that mean I don't want Brock back? Hell no. Every team in the NFL would be better with Brock Purdy on their team, period. There is not one out of 32 teams, not one, that would not be improved when Brock Purdy is healthy. That's all there is to it. So I really want this guy back. I know everybody does. I know the coaching staff does, all those things. Now, I, I want to talk quarterbacks, but before I do, I kind of want to circumvent this because I thought that this was really, really cool. Yesterday, we had a um, 49ers press conference. And Brandon Ayuk was one of the guys that talked. And he was asked about Danny Gray. Third round pick last year had one catch the whole year. This is what Brandon Ayuk had to say about Danny Gray. He came in. Uh, you can tell he's been working on his body. He's been doing the right things while we've been gone. Um, and 
just figuring the same thing for him, figuring out what he has to do, how he's supposed to do it, and continue to do that every single day. Um, and so far through through the spring, I think he's done that. So he's gotten a lot better. So just continue to, if he builds off that um, into this end of this um, OTAs and into our 40 days away and then into training camp, I think he'll be in a good spot uh, to help this team when it's time to play football. So I like to hear that Danny Gray had a rough learning curve. And, you know, if you want to find positive Danny Gray tape, you got to go to the preseason. Why? Danny Gray is a quarterback fit type target. Um, he, he would, I don't want to say one trick pony, but that's kind of what he was. He's a deep threat. That that's he's he's a burner. He he's he's a sprinter. He's a track athlete. That's what he is. He's not a nuanced nuanced route runner. I, I said that in all my breakdowns. If you, if you're on our Patreon, you can go check. Go type Danny Gray and go watch some tape breakdowns of just Danny Gray at SMU. He was a Trey Lance pairing, right? It just made sense. We need somebody to take the top off for Trey and his arm. I'm not so sure that he could do that with Brock Purdy. Now, a lot of stuff to talk about here. And again, I wanted Danny Gray to be the kind of entry point into this conversation. You've heard people say Brock Purdy's a dink and dunk quarterback. Kurt Warner went on the quarterback collective, broke down some tapes saying, no, he's not a dink and dunk quarterback. I don't really care about either of those conversations too much. I mean, there's numbers, there's film to back all those things things up. For example, okay, here we go. Let's talk average depth of target. This is how many air yards down the field the ball goes on average, okay? Jimmy Garoppolo had a 7.3 A dot, uh, average depth of target. That was 60th best last year in the NFL out of all quarterbacks. Not good. Um, Brock Purdy had a 7.8. That's 50th right? Not good. There's 32 teams. Trey Lance in his time last year. Now, again, you have to remember he played five quarters, four of which were in a monsoon. He had the same average depth of target 7.8 as Brock Purdy did last year, tied for 50th. Now, for Trey Lance, you kind of have to go back and look at his 2021 numbers. In 2021, he had a 10.3, which was the second best or deepest, not best. I I don't think best is the right term. Trey throws the ball deep. That's just what he does, right? Now, you could sit there and say, well, what's more efficient? What well, That's a whole nother thing. And you West Coast, Bill Walsh, whatever else. I'm saying for Danny Gray, if he is going to be successful, you got to throw the ball deeper. If you're going to have an average depth of target of seven yards, seven, eight yards, that ain't going to do it. That's not where Danny Gray is going to be success- successful. Now, can he adapt his game? Can he become a jet sweep, a slant, you know, in outbreaking routes? Sure, he can. But what makes Danny Gray Danny Gray is the 4 3 speed. The dude's just a blazer. So that's not Brock Purdy's game. It never has been. Now, somebody is sitting there saying, but Brock, 20 yard passes. Yeah, 20 yard passes are a demarcation line of deep passing, right? So like pro football focus charts, deep passing, and they classify that as yards that travel 20 or more air yards. And I think that's important. Now, if we look at these numbers, let's go through these quarterbacks. Why not? 20 plus yard throws. Brock was 11 of 27 this year, which is pretty damn good. Four touchdowns, one interception, okay? 11%, 11 11.6% of his pass attempts were 20 or yards, 20 or more yards downfield. So 11%, that's 36th 
in the NFL. You look at Jimmy Garoppolo, he's by far one of the lowest. He had a 9.1% of his pass attempts were 20 or more yards. That was 58th. Trey Lance, 18.3% in last year, 2021. Sixth most, right? So, like, what I'm trying to provide is it back up. Like, my opinion is if Trey Lance ain't the quarterback, now Sam Darnold's interesting because Trey, Sam Darnold can throw the ball deep. He does a lot on extending plays. He looks deep. That's that's one of the things he likes to do. I just don't see that with Brock Purdy. Am I saying Brock Purdy can't throw the ball far? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying Brock Purdy doesn't like to. That's not his sweet spot. It's deeper than Jimmy Garoppolo, but Jimmy Garoppolo is like one of the worst deep-throwing quarterbacks or at least least effective and least attempted deep ball passers, man, in NFL history. Like, it's that bad. Now... The flip side to this argument, okay, because I don't want this to be a pro-Trey anything. This is a pro-Trey and Danny Gray thing. Now, does should that factor into your rostering of Danny Gray or what he's going to go through? I don't think so. I don't think it should. But I'm telling you right now, if you ask Danny Gray, who do you want to be quarterback? That dude is smashing Trey Lance's button, period. Because it just suits his, it's a, it's a pairing, right? They go well together. Now, the flip side to this, statistically, is the average time to throw. This is my biggest concern. Like, I, I get the dink and dunk argument, whatever else, whatever. If I could have one thing for Trey Lance, it's to speed the hell up. Get rid of the ball faster. That's one of the things that makes Garoppolo great, that makes Brock Purdy great, is the average time to throw on a drop back, okay? So, start with Trey Lance. He had a 3.37 seconds average time to throw on a drop back. It was the worst in the NFL in 2021. The worst. Dead last. Not good. That clock up here got to speed up. Now, when you're throwing the ball deep, sometimes you hold on to it longer, but I don't care. That is a red, red, red flag. Now, if you look at the, these are the quarterbacks right under Trey Lance in 2021. Jalen Hurts, Jameis Winston, Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson. What do those guys have in common? They like to run around a lot. Winston, not so much. But Fields, Lamar, and Jalen Hurts, yeah, you're getting those dual-threat type quarterback guys. Now, Lance in 2022, small sample size, but the rain I don't think affected his time to throw, or at least it shouldn't have. He had a 3.15, which is better than 3.37, but still eighth worst. Sam Darnold? Terrible. He was even worse than uh, Trey Lance was last year. 3.16. Not good. Seventh worst. Now, on the positive side, Brock Purdy, he had a 2.84. So we're talking about three-tenths of a second. Sounds small. It matters. If you could have sped up Brock Purdy's pass attempt against the Eagles three-tenths of a second, we got a whole new story, right? But anyway, I digress. Brock Purdy was 51 um, best, right? So it was uh, kind of bouncing around from worst to best. So it, the best is first, right? Brock Purdy was 51. Jimmy Garoppolo was 18th with a 2.53. Those are the things that I want to change. You know what I mean? That's what we've got to change. And so I, I don't I don't know. Um, and, and yeah, right here, uh, laugh till you pee, uh, Brock as a backup. I could dig that. I just want him to be a hundred percent. I, I've seen this team rush people back, you know, Mostert's claims for a big reason why he left 
was they wanted him to come back. He wanted to do what was best for him, have surgery. Kim and Kyle disagreed. He left. Jimmy Garoppolo, same thing. You know, could he have come back? Could he not have? That's an issue. I want Brock long-term. I don't give a damn about the first month of this season, guys. I do, but not at the extent of wasting or causing permanent damage to Brock Purdy long-term. He's 23. He's 23. I I care about him long-term. You know what I mean? Um, we need a 30-yard bomb every so often. Yeah, it, it makes a defense, be honest, maybe even 40-plus. I like the highlights, but I'm telling you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As, as a former D.C., if I knew I had a quarterback that could rocket launch it, it affected your blitz rate. It really, really did. Man, we could blitz, but we're going to have single high. Gosh, they got a speedster on the outside. We could get burned. Man, we do that. If we go cover one or cover zero here, and you're talking to the headset, and they're like, hey, if you're going to do that, you got to rotate that safety over to number 81 or whomever the burner is because you you, you do not, you do not want to, you know, give up that huge explosive play. The Niners have been so great at stopping it defensively. We haven't really had it offensively. Most of the big plays are, you know, Debo breaking two tackles and going on a tear. Kittle breaking a few tackles, going on a tear. Christian McCaffrey, you know, making people miss in space. I hate things like that. We don't have the over-the-top game. We haven't. It just hasn't been a part of it. And I think that's a big reason why the Niners traded up for Trey. And so, again, we started this conversation with Danny Gray. Look at Tara. I like this right here. He says, Michael Irvin, oh, I hate Michael Irvin, uh, said years ago, wide receivers with pure top-end speed are are not always the best route runners. It's usually the start and stoppers who get in and out of breaks quickly. Yeah, 100%. Now, it's not always the case, but in Danny Gray's case, it is. It's When you can rely on speed, that's your go-to. Right, it's your get out of jail free card. I'll just run past them, and that works in high school. It works in SMU. You get to the NFL. Danny Gray can still do it, but if you don't have a quarterback they can put there, it doesn't even matter anymore. But yeah, I, I'm with you, um, and I guess I'm with Michael Irvin there, which I don't like saying. Uh, <laughs> um, this guy says Lance averaged the most air yards per attempt and threw for the most yards on ten plus air yard passes. Any quarterback in a game over the last three seasons. Boom. There you go. That was that Texans game, and, man, that game was fun. At least from the two-minute warning on, you remember it took a while. But, yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. Um, so, and right here, yeah, makes this play 11-11. You got to keep them honest. You know, the biggest adaptation to stop Kyle Shanahan of late is six-man fronts, you know, where you got five and six defensive linemen just doing a gap bear defense. And so you can't do that if you throw it outside the numbers deep. The Niners just haven't done that. And so I've had people reach out to me like, man, you don't like Brock because you don't throw deep. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm saying that I love freaking Brock, man. Brock's, I love Brock, but that's just not his game. 
It hasn't been a part of his game. Could that change? It wasn't at Iowa State. It wasn't last year in a very small sample size. Now he's coming off the UCI. Is that going to develop now? I don't think so. Um, but that's not his game. And it doesn't have to be his game. I'm not trying to say it has to be. I'm telling you, Trey Lance has that naturally. And so that is one caveat of why I find Trey Lance fascinating. But if Trey Lance is going to hold the ball that damn long, it doesn't matter, right? Like, I want Brock to throw the ball deeper. I want Trey to speed it up. That's it. Like, <laughs> I guess that's the whole, you know, me going through all of that. Um, it, that's kind of what, I, what I'm looking at. Terry says, on average... The Kyle Shanahan pass offense is 88% passes under 25 yards. Yeah, example, 25 pass attempts per game. Man, yeah, you're look awesome. Um, you're looking at three passes over 25 yards a game. Yeah, and I would say with Jimmy G, it was lower than that. Much There were some games where he didn't even attempt to pass over 20 yards. Brock was more aggressive at that 25-yard threshold that you're talking about. I agree there. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to see what that looks like. I, I, I really, really am. now. Before we jump in, I want to flip over to the defensive side of the ball now. I don't like talking quarterbacks all the time, but I am excited about this year, and I hope you guys come out and party with us. Going to 49ers games is awesome, but what's even better than that is going to 49ers games with the faithful, joining the community, and we got you covered. The 49ers Rush Road Trip is going into its fourth year of bringing the faithful together, night before parties, tailgates the day of. We got you covered. Go get your tickets at 49ers Rush Road Trip dot com all right now let's switch over to the defensive side of the ball we got to hear from drake jackson uh yesterday which was really really cool he's such a fun kid and you'll listen to some of these clips of the interview that i cut he's just a kid man he's young he's young and he's got such a good mentality and such a good head on his shoulders. But, like, he comes across as a young pup. Uh, he was a rookie last year, all those things. But he's so pivotal to the Niners' season. I, I think there's two main positions that I don't want to say red flags, but are question marks. We were in the same situation last year. Two of the main positions was left guard, center, right? And what happened? Yeah, Aaron Banks stepped in, was an absolute stud. Jake Brindle was beyond serviceable, great in pass protection, liability in the run game. But both of them played almost the entire uh, entire season. I think Aaron Banks missed one game. Right guard, we were planning on having Colton McKivitz. I'm sorry, not Colton McKivitz, but um, Brunskill. He got injured, and Spencer Burford, the rookie, stepped in and just was solid, man, nonstop. Now, those two biggest question marks for me this year, and I think for a lot of people, defensive end opposite of Bosa. Right? That's where we're going to talk Drake Jackson. And then right tackle, Colton McKivitz. So it's interesting what happened to Drake Jackson. And I, I want to I want to go through this a couple different ways. You had John Lynch. You had Kyle Shedd. You had Chris Kosarek all come out and say he just lost his strength. And so he was a healthy scratch for the last five weeks of the season in the playoff run. They asked what happened to him down the stretch last year, and here's Drake Jackson. Uh, towards the end of the season, I would say my body wasn't the same as it was starting the season, and I know that, of course, it's going to wear down, but um, I feel like I didn't have enough. So, you know, I just come out and keep working and try to have what I need for the rest of the season. 
And I don't I don't know if people understand how difficult it is for certain body types to maintain strength during the season. It's hard because you go through phases, right? And so like as a coach or a player, you're spending all offseason right now, even OTAs, you are getting bigger, you're getting stronger, you're keeping your weight on, all those things. But the NFL season, once it starts, you're talking about, you know, a 24-week for the 49ers, right? If you're talking preseason, you're talking the 18 weeks of the season, then you're talking, you know, the five weeks of the postseason. Like, you're, you're even going past 25 weeks where you are practicing, running, playing, and it's just so hard to keep up weight and muscle mass. Now, you're still lifting weights and all those things. But, man, if you're battling through an injury and you can't work, let's say your shoulder's messed up. Well, upper body's done. You can't do back. I hurt my rotator cuff skied uh, out at Mammoth. What's up, Sport Mammoth Brewing Company? I didn't hurt myself because I was drinking at Mammoth Brewing Company. But, I, like, I messed up my rotator cuff a little bit. I haven't been able to do shoulders, chest, back for two months. Like, it affects you. I'm not a world-class athlete by any stretch. But you get dinged up playing football in the season. You mess up your ankle, guess what? You think you're doing freaking, you know, alternating lunges and all this stuff? No. Plyometrics? No, you're not. It's difficult to maintain mass for certain body types. Now, here's the good news. Drake Jackson isn't coming off, you know, getting ready for the draft and pro days and visits and all that stuff. No, no, no. He has known what he has needed to do. Here's his response. Oh, I love this, man. This kid's awesome. What was the question was framed something along what was your response to being a healthy scratch? Because he got benched. He did not take part. He didn't get one playoff snap, didn't even suit up. What was his response to being benched? Listen to this kid's maturity. I'm really, I really like to just, you know, not go through the motions, but I say, you know, understand why things are happening to me when they're happening so you know I feel like everything happens for a reason so when they sat me you know I kind of had to you know kind of take myself from the game and see you know what what else is going on that I need to be doing uh so I like I'm doing now so basically I say it kind of helped me uh in a way because you know instead of me you know being mad or sad from being you know taken out of the game I figured out things that I needed to do to help myself to better myself further on. Yeah. It, it's how you respond. You know, it, I, I believe in the adage football does build character. The, the old saying is football doesn't build character. It reveals it. I, I disagree with that a little bit. I think football can't build character, but it 100% reveals it. It shows who you are. And when you are a professional athlete, this is your career. A lot of people, it's their identity. It's what they've done since they were, you know, I started playing tackle football in Texas. I think I was seven years old, right? Like, this was my life. It was a part of everything I have did even longer than I was a student. And I went to grad school. Like, football is and was who I was. Like, that's, that's part of my identity, which is weird to say. But it was an avenue in which I started to care about things. Like, that's what brought me into my work ethic and, you know, camaraderie and all those things it shows who you are and when people meet adversity getting benched how do you respond this dude responded he responded and is he going to be you know a, a five-year starter or whatever i don't know i don't know 
Does he have the tools to do it? Yes. Does he have the attitude to do it? Hell yes. I, I love that. <laughs> Look at Tara. He says, Drake not missing any arm days in the gym. Uh, buys and tries are swole. You didn't see that a lot in the future it, or in the past. And one of my critiques about him was strength. He was bendy. He was flexible. He was athletic. He was not strong. He didn't play strong. Not in college. He didn't last year either. He went on, you know, I, I I cut this clip, but I didn't want to put it on there. He's like, oh, my bench press is up to 315 pounds now. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy to me. Like, that's not a lot. But you look at him, he's got 34-inch arms. Like, this dude's got long arms. He's long. He's lean. He's got an 82-inch wingspan. The longer your arms, the harder bench press is. And so, again, John Chapman, not a world-class athlete. I benched 300 pounds in high school. Um I was into powerlifting and all that stuff, but like the fact that Drake Jackson, who is an NFL player, I am very far from, <laughs> but like, you know, he talked about being part of the four plate club and squat. Not a lot. That's not a lot. That is not a lot. Um, but he's getting there. He has the flexibility. And a lot of time, whenever you have all that muscle mass, that's where the flexibility starts to dissipate. Because the muscle, right, it keeps it tight, literally. Uh, this guy, what's up, man? He says, Drake looks beefed up. Hoping his cardio has gotten better also because he was tired second half of the season. Yeah, he's got a lot to do. There, there's no doubt about it. And so you've got to reassess and make things the way that they need to be. Now, this, I, I played, I built this whole segment up. Whatever I was doing my notes, right? Like, I always, this is a problem I have, is like, oh, this is the best part. We're leading with this. We're leading with the best part. And then I'm like, oh, but these other clips are good too. But, man, this is the best clip. This is what I wanted to talk about. So everything kind of set up to this 15-second clip. What is his goal? All right? You responded well to being benched. You admitted you were worn down in the second in the second part of the season. You got the right attitude. You put in the time. What is your goal, Drake Jackson? Uh, my biggest goal is to, you know, help my team in, in in any way I can, you know, to to win. So if that if that's the case and they want to put me there, then that's what I'm going to just have to do. But regardless, I'm just trying to, you know, stack a day and uh, win in any type of way we can. Whoo! Whoo! Get chill bumps, baby. His goal is not for more playing time. His goal is not to start or Pro Bowl. No. What's the foundation? I got to help my team, man. It's about the brothers that I fight with, that I work out with, that are in my locker room, that I bleed with, that I fight for. Those are the types of things that are paramount to this team and the roster construction that we're going through. You know, we're doing the 49ers um, roster countdown, right? The 91 shows, which I just freaking love doing. Uh, I really do like the, doing those things. And, I, I get to know these these background, you know, players that I have ranked 81st and 85th and whatever else. And there's just so many common themes about team captain and, you know, off the field work to help other people and attitudes that just reflect teamwork and camaraderie. That's not an accident. It's not an accident whenever you have the culture that the 49ers have created. It's not an accident. They have fought for this, and it reflects. 
It really, really does. It, this is an old clip. I think this was during the playoff run, but I went back and pulled this up. Eric Armstead, probably one of my favorite people on this team. He, he had a guest spot on Adam Schefter's podcast. Again, three-time Walter Payton man of the year. But listen to him talk. This is Eric Armstead talking about the culture of the 49ers. I don't know if it's unusual. You know, I've been here, you know, eight years. Uh, so I've seen the, the culture and the that, um, you know, Kyle and John have built here. And uh, I think it's I think it's been like this for a while. Um, you know, we love playing with one another. We have a lot of fun. Um, everybody's happy for each other's success. And, you know, we really don't bring in a lot of guys who, uh, who you know, are the opposite of that, you know, are self-centered and, um, you know, more focused on themselves. And, uh, you know, they do a great job of, you know, who they bring in and add to our culture each year. And, um, you know, the, the main guys who have been here kind of, you know, continue that culture um, each year. But, you know, I think it's not, it's not unusual because I've been, I've been here. I don't know what it's like other places. This that's the thing, right? That clip was months ago, but he's in the D line room working with Drake Jackson all the time. Like you could saw, there's a Venn diagram of the phrases that were just used that overlap in these clips I played for you today. Even though they are what five months apart, it doesn't matter because he's not talking about individual things. He's talking about he's like I don't know. It's just been like that here since I've been here for eight years. Well, guess what? That doesn't happen on accident. You build that. Kyle and John have built that by targeting these types of guys that are Drake Jackson, all the way down to a guy like Avery Young, who I just recorded his, you know, 90-man roster series. I think he's like number 81 for us. But it's just like, golly, you read his quotes from the coaches staff in high school and college, and they all say the same damn thing. He cares about his team. I wish we had 11 guys like this that care that much about football and care about their teammates and care about, like, protecting his brothers and it's it happens for a reason it's it's not an accident and i freaking love it man uh, <laughs> look at this bm what's up bim um says love this kind of analysis so in depth i appreciate that uh we, we put a lot of time into this stuff and i think it's important and you know i got more ota stuff that i want to talk about but i just i, I don't know otas are not a time let me think how I want to phrase this. OTAs in practice right now, right? It's June freaking 1st. It's June 1st. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm saying completion percentage and all that stuff, that's not what it is right now. That's not that's not what it is. But what it what it is is camaraderie, culture, work ethic, and it's a measuring stick for all that you've done away from the facility, how that implements into the unit, right? The team. And I just think that there's, it's continued to work for the Niners. And I love that these newer guys coming in, whether that's Brock Purdy, who's freaking awesome. And, and you know, just started to work back. Whether that's Trey Lance, whether that's Drake Jackson, whether it's Avery freaking Young, who I don't even know what he's playing, if he's going to be a safety or a slot guy, whatever. The culture permeates the individual, and that replenishes the team. And it's this constant flowchart down, flowchart up. It's a beautiful thing. Now, another beautiful thing, if you're into fantasy or dynasty football, y'all got to check this out. 
if you play fantasy football, chances are you love to have the best information and access to everything that you need to know about every single player involved. Well, guess what? We've got this for you. And listen to me whenever I tell you this. I subscribe to this. This is a good friend. Mikey's the freaking man. We kind of came up in this industry together. He's crushing it in the fantasy world. So support somebody that's very similar to the 49ers rush. Bet on himself. Puts elite content. Crazy, crazy work. It's unbelievable. Go to basementbrewedff.com slash sign up. Make sure you use promo code 49ERS49ERS. That's going to get you 10% off their season pass. And again, this is... Uh, you get access to everything for less than one beer a month cost. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. So, again, if you want customizable, like, they're going to give you everything that you need to win. And this isn't some gigantic corporation or anything like this. No, you're betting on a small business dude that's already got several hundred signups. I mean, this dude's crushing it already. So go jump on board, basementbrewedff.com slash signup, promo code 49ers. The link is in the description of this video or audio podcast, wherever you're listening for. So what are you waiting for? Go win your fantasy and dynasty leagues now. All right, let's talk. I, I want to keep bouncing back and forth here. Let's go back to offense, but let's talk O-line. One of my number one things that I wanted to see was where the undrafted free agent lineman, Joey Fisher, was going to play. A lot of people were saying, oh, he's the tackle, he's the tackle, he's the tackle. And I kept saying, man, I don't know. I watch his tape, I see a guard. His arms are pretty short, I see a guard. He might be able to play tackle. They moved him to guard. And Forrester came out and said, yeah, he's a guard. Uh, he's got to be a guard. So I think that's important for one of two major reasons, right? If he's moving inside, 49ers never drafted a tackle. They picked up Corey Lu uh, Luciano. He's a center. He's taking center snaps. There is not one drafted prospect or one undrafted prospect that plays tackle. Well, so who's the young pup that they're grooming to finally take over? Leroy Watson. If I could say, like, okay, all of these moves that took place and the fact that you have Forster saying, no, he's a guard. It's not even close. They knew this going into it. I'm telling you right now, Leroy Watson is a name that you got to pay attention to. Now, does that mean he's going to make the 53? Does that mean he's going to be starting games this year? No, I'm not saying that at all. And I think I had him, like, number 82 or 83 on my 90-man roster breakdown. But I tell you this right now, if I could redo it, I'm bumping that dude up about 15 to 20 spots because they're high on him. They're really, really high on him. Now, Trent Williams is not at OTAs. And just like last year, right, he's a vet. He, he ain't got to do that stuff. He's past that point. But what they're doing is Jalen Moore, he's getting left tackle snaps. And Leroy Watson, he's right behind him getting the second team left tackle snaps. I think that's huge. I really, really do. And so that's one of the things I wanted to take away from this. And Nick Zakel, last year's draft pick, he's getting snaps at center. Didn't have a great uh, practice. You know, this is coming from Barrows and the Athletic. Go check out that report. You know, I don't want to share a lot from that, but it's really, really good. If you haven't subscribed to the Athletic, they don't pay me or whatever else. And Barrows doesn't even. Uh, Barrows came on the show. I, I think he, he might remember me. Uh, but, like, whatever. I'm just promoting because it's good work. So go check that out. Um so you've got Zakel at center, you got Joy Fisher at guard, you got Leroy Watson um, at tackle. That's your developmental program. That's that's it. 
th- those are the guys that if if the Niners would have drafted a center, that's this is where Nick Sakel would be, right? If the Niners would have drafted a guard, it would have been Joey Fisher. If the Niners would have drafted a tackle, it would have been Leroy Watson. Th- th- those are the guys you got to watch. Um, that if an injury or whatever else, these are the future replacements for those three positions. I, now, I am not putting Leroy Watson ahead of Jalen Moore, and I'm not putting him ahead of Matt Pryor. I am thinking long-term, if let's just say, and this breaks my heart to say it, let's just say that Trent Williams, we win a Super Bowl, he hangs up the cleats, rides off into the sunset, he deserves it, whatever. I'm telling you right now, Leroy Watson would be fighting for that left tackle spot. I'm telling you that right next year, not this year. He's still a project, converted tight end. Um, anyway, um, yeah, right here, Mosquito Killer. What's up, man? He says, is more being jumped? No, he was taking starter snaps yesterday from – I talked to three different people. Uh, I already was taking second stream snaps. Yeah, more was taking first string, and then Leroy Watson was taking um, second string, if that makes sense. So, uh, what's up, Steven? He says, oh, I'm super late. Have a great day, Johnny Crew. I'll listen to the whole pod later. All right, man, Steve, appreciate you from the past. You are not with us presently, but, yes, I think we got it. Now, let's go back to defense. Man, we're going a little long today. I'm going to be in trouble. I got to take my son to the airport. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna fly through these. One of my favorite things from the press conference yesterday, and, you know, the press conference, you can go, they didn't even put them up on YouTube. Maybe they're up there on there now. Yeah, you got to go on Twitter if you want to watch the full ones. But I, I always, my goal is, okay, I want to, because a lot of times press conferences are boring. I'm just going to be honest. It depends on who's up there and the questions that are asked and whatever else, but whatever. And so I always want to save time, but provide value and then a little more extra analysis by reading through the lines, different things like that. Brandon Ayuk was asked about two rookies, Daryl Luter Jr., the corner, and Jair Brown. Two of completely different responses. He didn't even know Daryl Luter Jr. was, whatever they asked. He's like, who is that, 28? Yeah, I don't know. Um, like, whatever. But whenever they brought up Jair Brown, dude lit up like a Christmas tree. So this is Brandon Ayuk talking about freaking Jair Brown. Man, this dude, this dude, I'm telling you, we all, they traded up for him. And I don't think he's going to get a lot of playing time this year. But yeah, this guy, man. That's my locker mate. That's my locker mate. So I've been talking to him. I've been watching him, looking out for him. Um, We got him today. And I've been telling him we he's gonna get him today, but or one of these days. But he's been he's done a great job. He's had he's got like I don't know three or four picks already through um, these first couple of days, um, and he just comes in um, on the work. When the work comes in, doesn't say too much, just work. Uh, so I like him. I like him a lot. I mean, the fact that he's got three or four picks, uh, ball skills were kind of what separated Jair Brown. I mean, he's just always around the ball. He's a hell of a player, and. Yeah, I mean, he's awesome. He's he's just awesome. And so I love hearing that from B.A. You want to be on B.A.'s good side because he's he's mean now. Frankenstein is his name to me because Fred Warner turned that dude into just a mean, mean human being and starting fights and all that kind of stuff. Like, I love that in wide receivers. I really, really do. So that's him. Now, I got to wrap up this show. So I told you guys. I was going to be doing number 10, who's the greatest 49ers ever player ever to wear number 10. Um, let, let's go through some of these answers. There's not really a lot of competition. We'll, we'll continue with the Jimmy G uh, talk, but he, he's got to be the guy. But some of the 
honorable mentions. And I hate to even say this because I saw this earlier and sin. If you're still with us, I'm sorry. Uh, every time that man's name is mentioned, she talks about cussing at the TV. I don't even say his name almost all the time, but I have to for this one. Kyle Williams, ah, 2010 to 2013. Ah, I, I mean, single-handedly losing a playoff game as a special teamer. The 49ers special teams just bothers me so much. You know, we're watching the 1994 games. And Debster, it was awesome seeing you in there yesterday. Uh, that was really, really cool. But, um, yeah, man, special even 1994 special teams were bad. But Kyle Williams, five career fumbles. He had two in the playoffs, obviously. Um, he was drafted in the sixth round of the 2010 draft. The The weird thing, I always look up where these guys get picked. He was picked 10 picks after Antonio Brown. Not saying I want Antonio Brown, but I just thought it was interesting. Um, Kyle Williams, he had a six AV score, right? The pro football f- reference, the, the value that he brings to the team. He had a six. Um, sticking to that 94 team. I'm going to mess this name up. Klaus Wilms. Meter, uh, <laughs> 1992 to 1994. He was the punter. He had one Super Bowl, the 1994 year. He wasn't great. I didn't think he was great. 10 playoff punts inside the 20 and seven games. Not bad. He had a five AV score. And then George Mira quarterback from 1964 to 68. He had a nine AV score. Uh, he was a second rounder. And here's, here's my funniest thing about him. He was a second round pick. In 1964, but went 15th overall. This was before the merger, right? Um, and so they were still doing the AFC and the NFC and all that stuff. So 15th pick was the first pick in the second round. Now, what makes it even worse, and this isn't an anti-George Mira thing, but two of the next three picks after him were Hall of Famers. Both defensive backs, Mel Renfro and then Paul Krause. Um, and so, yeah, George Mira, he went four and two with the Niners, 19 touchdowns, 20 interceptions and kind of moved on and then career was done. But yeah, like two out of the next three picks were hall of famers and we, we, we missed on them for George Mira. You needed the quarterback, but whatever, but the best number 10, and I don't even think it's close. Jimmy jawline Garoppolo, baby. Um, 2017, you trade for him a second round pick on Halloween comes in all the way through 2022, he had a 47 AV score from pro football reference, 38 wins, 17 losses, 87 touchdowns, 42 interceptions, timing, anticipation, quick release, efficiency. That's what he was. He just won games. It changed the culture. I think that's what's so important. Like if somebody asked me, what's the number one thing about Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm saying he changed the attitude because we were losers because we had like five straight years of just losses, and then it turned around as soon as he showed up. And he was awesome. Now, if I'm going to say the opposite side of the coin, he was 4-2 and two in the playoffs, which is awesome. That's awesome. It's more wins than the Detroit Lions have in their entire career and tied with the Texans all time. Lions only have one playoff win ever. Ugh, feel so bad for them. Texans have four in their entire career. Jimmy did that. Now, again, you can get into the whole, well, our wins, a quarterback stat. I don't really care about that. You look at his playoff numbers, four touchdowns, six interceptions with eight sacks. Had a 74 QBR. None of those are good. It literally just, it's hard to find the playoff moment. Now, 
you could go back and talk about week 17 against the Rams and the fourth quarter drive, and and those are positive things. And I think eventually people will look back on the Jimmy time as a better, more positive thing than they currently do just because right now everybody still feels like, man, we should have won that damn Super Bowl, and we should have. And you can point to Jimmy. I'm cool with that. But also I kind of go back to this. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't give up 21 points in three drives in the fourth quarter. Uh, That was the defense. So anyway, kind of take that for what you will. But I I love Jimmy. I really, really do. But at the same time, I'm happy that he is gone and the fact that it's best for him, it's best for the Niners, it's best for these young quarterbacks, and it sure as hell is best for uh, Kyle Shanahan. I don't think Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo will ever have a conversation again that is like, not because they're on the same football field together. Like, I just think they hated each other. So uh, take that for what you will. But, man, this was fun. Um, right here. Jimmy might have been Super Bowl MVP if he was if he didn't get concussed. Yeah, possibly. I mean, that was a ridiculous hit to the head. It should have been flagged. But uh, I don't want to go into those things. You guys are awesome. Now, I am going to my cousin's wedding in Mexico. He's getting married. Uh, which is going to be a nice little break uh, for me and the wifey before our move and all this craziness. So just want to update you guys on schedule. Uh, I'm going to be out of town. So I'm going to try my best to actually enjoy a vacation. I'm not going to take a time off. I have pre-recorded a lot of the roster breakdown series. Those are going to be up on YouTube. I have cut the audio down and put those together. Those will be available for my audio listeners. So I've got you taken care of. I get back Tuesday evening, so there's no John Wayne show on Tuesday. Wednesday, we will resume regular programming schedule, and we got all that stuff. So love you guys. Have a good little break from me, but if you want to listen to more Chapman and Niners Rush, I got you recorded there. Twitter, we got a bunch of stuff scheduled to come out over there as well. But until next time, you guys are incredible. This is a fun show. Thank you, guys. Um, And until then, stay strong, faithful.